It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Brad Walker and Matt Carroll as we take you through all the way up until 7 o'clock on this 12th day of March. 6.06 in the clock and 58 degrees and sunny outside in southeast Ohio. Well, we got two of three continuing on still in their postseason tournaments. The Ohio men's basketball team is in action right now. As uh, you can hear that game over on Power 105, 105.5 FM. And, of course, earlier today you heard the Ohio State Buckeyes men's team. And, and the Buckeyes were up, I think, at one point by 18 points on Purdue. They let it slip away. That game went into overtime. It knocked out Classic Caravan, which is the program right before the sports fan. Uh, but that's all right. And uh, I saw Sky. She's okay with it. But um, either way, Ohio State's moving on. The Bobcats are trying to. Going into halftime, last time we checked, 43-31 lead over the number one seed, Toledo. But the disappointing news, Brad, is that the Ohio women's basketball team took an exit in the, in the uh, postseason tournament. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was a tough, tough loss for Ohio. But if you're going to lose, if there's a good thing about losing, I would say it's losing a game like that. Uh, 192 the final, Central won. They're going to go to the championship. But, I mean, what a great game played by both teams. That was a championship-level game in a semifinal, which is always great to see. I mean, it really showed that those two teams are the two of the best in the MAC. And Central and Bowling Green come tomorrow. That's going to be a really fun matchup. I thought um, Ohio or Central would have a good chance with Bowling Green, even though neither uh, none of the first two teams fared well against the Falcons um, in the first two rounds. But... Today was incredible to watch. I mean, Central shot at one point was 60% from the field, like midway through the fourth quarter. Um, they shot extremely well. Ohio was able to force a ton of turnovers. Erica Johnson looked great today um, and looked like she was in much better form than what she was a couple days ago to the point she was actually driving to the basket, getting a couple inside shots to fall, which we didn't see on Wednesday. And I think that really helped the Ohio offense a ton because, I mean, obviously you have CC who loves to drive, will get a lot of attention and score. Gabby Burris is great down low. But get that third option, that third dignified option that Erica always provides. She's normally the second, actually. Um, proved to be tremendous for Ohio, especially when you face a 200 mon monster for the Chippewas and Molly Davis and Michaela Kelly, that combined for 63 points today. You need to have those scores. And Ohio had that today. Um, I, I said it at halftime when I was kind of talking through the game that neither team really had that many blemishes today. Um, the biggest blemish was in overtime when CC Hooks fouled out at the end of the game and Ohio just didn't have their best player on the floor and it showed. I mean, they didn't score for like the first three minutes of overtime, still held it within a little bit. Um, but really nothing in this game, unless you want to get super nitpicky about stuff that you can say bad about either team. I mean, both teams played about as close to a perfect game as you could have asked. Well, Brent, take a look at a couple of the stats, right? Ohio had 16 steals. They only turned the ball over 13 times, and they had 20 personal fouls. Uh, Central Michigan only stole the ball away five times. They had 21 turnovers, and they had uh, 15 fouls. And I take a look at some of those stats right there. I mean, 
at least with you know Steele's in turnovers, they won both battles, but they just did not get. I mean, they they picked up a couple more fouls than than Central Michigan did. But what really was the turning point? I mean, could two players who scored sixty combined really make that much of a difference? Um, well, it it wasn't really the fact that I mean, yes. That was huge for them, scoring 63. But also, Molly Davis and Michaela Kelly are just tremendous guards. I mean, Michaela Kelly is going to, I think, have a really good chance to be in the WNBA. She's so fast, so quick, so efficient. Um, and also down low in Smith, I think she went 9-10 from the field. She was a problem down low because Molly Davis and Michaela Kelly draw so much attention when they drive to the hoop that she was always open underneath. Burris was always forced to come over, and they found her pretty much every single time that she was open, and she was converting on those shots. So it was little things like that is what kept Central Michigan um, ahead in the game when they were ahead. But what really did it for Ohio, the fact that they were even in the game, because I mean, you look at a basketball game, and a team's shooting 56% from the field, almost 50% from three. They should realistically be winning the game. You have to look at the turnover column. Ohio at one point had like fifth, had forced uh, Central Michigan, uh, like, I think it was like 20 turnovers to like four. And Ohio had like almost 40 points off those turnovers. So that was the equalizer um, in the game. And then you take a player like CC Hooks off the court, uh, the three-time defensive player of the year, Later on in the fourth quarter, she had to sit a little bit because of the foul trouble, and then once she had to fully sit in overtime, you lose your best defender, you lose your top scorer, and it was just hard for Ohio to kind of regather at that point because the flow and the rhythm was off, kind of like it was in Ball State on Wednesday early on when Caitlin Kroll and Kaylee Bambule stepped on the floor. Just that rotation wasn't quite there. Yeah, Matt, I don't know how much you know about the Ohio women's basketball team. I know you're new to the program and everything, but... Uh, you know, th this women's team for Ohio has been pretty successful over the last couple of years, and they have really gone on a couple of pretty good games against Central Michigan, never really breaking through, and especially never really breaking through at Central Michigan um, until this year. But you know, it just seems like Central Michigan's that team that Ohio has yet to really get over the hump. You thought maybe with the win earlier this year, but yet Central Michigan still controls Ohio. Yeah, you know, anytime a team can shoot over 50%, they're going to be a hard team to beat. I mean, they put up 100 points, that, even even with the overtime. That that's a pretty uh, pretty steep deficit that you have to build out of um, as an opposing team as a, the Ohio saw today. You know, they they did play pretty well as Brad mentioned, but just not enough to beat to top Central Michigan. It was so and. That's why I love that Ohio was able to play Central again in the tournament because those games are always so fun. I know the second time they played um, in Mount Pleasant, Ohio really dominated that game for the most part. But other than, than that game, that was a little bit of an outlier. Those games always, always come down to the wire. They're always high-scoring, fast-paced, so much fun, which we're used to seeing out of um, Ohio and Central. So yet again, it proved that. It's tough that Ohio was on the losing side. It's, it's almost... Yet again, Ohio uh, finishes kind of a, a little bit unfinished, so to say. It's now kind of the third year in a row this has happened. Two years ago, you lose in the championship. Last year, you're unable to even play this, your semifinal and maybe even a championship game. And then this year, you lose in the semifinals to a really good Central Michigan team. But good news is, from what I've heard, most of the team, um, the seniors will be coming back. That's a great sign to know that this team is going to have one more go at it. Um, so next year will be another fun year for women's basketball. But it, even if, let's say, some of the seniors don't return, 
there's, there's a recruiting class coming up. Bob Bolton did a really good job of um, filling in those holds, and it's good to see Kate Dennis, Kendall Hale join the team in December. They were able to get some key experience, kind of like Maddie Mace did last year. Um, so this team will be back. This team will be back certainly next year. And you certainly hope so, right? I mean, you never know. You can't predict year in and year out, but, you know, Bob Bolton has been uh, really the most successful coach uh, in most recent memory. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's uh, – He'll, he'll have this group of girls going, and, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what this team can bring next year, especially on the line. Uh, you know, do the graduating seniors come back? They do have the extra year of eligibility, uh, and that was, I think, a blanket waiver across the NCAA. So no matter what, uh, you do have that extra year. So we'll see if they come back. We'll see if they don't. But uh, I, I know we're sure hopeful to see them come back because it's definitely – better in Athens when you have two great basketball teams going at it. And of course right now over on uh, Power 105 it's a 43-33 lead for the Ohio Bobcats. 10 point lead over the number one seed Toledo at 8-18 in the second half. Um, but the other news here Brad and, and I know that we really haven't called any uh, girls basketball games in Athens County but I gotta tell you it, it's been a pretty special run for the Vinton County Lady Vikings because the, uh, the Vikings took a 53-51 victory today and will now face Napoleon at 5 p.m. tomorrow for the state championship game. And Troy and I and, and Joe and I always are talking around, and I know you've had women's basketball, so you haven't been in the studio or in the car rides a little bit, uh, but it's very difficult for a Southeast Ohio uh, girls team, especially a Division Two, to make it to the state's final. And we've had Waterford, and Waterford got knocked out, I believe, yesterday. Uh, that Jerry Close does a tremendous job, but Coach Bentley and, and the rest of the uh, Lady Vikings have really done a, a tremendous job making it to the state tournament and uh, not only making it there, but also playing for the state championship tomorrow. It's absolutely phenomenal job done by Rod Bentley um, in, in coaching up this Fenton County team to a win against a, a powerhouse in Laurel. If For those of you that maybe don't know, that they are a powerhouse for uh, girls basketball up in Northeast Ohio, just outside of Cleveland. Um, one of those just stingy, tough, uh, private co Cleveland teams that we've come to know, um, whether you're around here or around the state, are some of the toughest always to face. Um, but Vinton County... Certainly, I would imagine, shocked a lot of people in getting their win today. So it's something special brewing out of MacArthur. Really good to see, um, especially just to the community yet again, showing that, that they, no matter where you come from, whether it's southeast Ohio, wherever part of Ohio, you're going to have a shot if you have a really good team, a really well-coached team, and a belief. And Fenton County has certainly been a pristine kind of cream, cream de la cream, we'll say, uh, of girls basketball in the TVC Ohio, and it's awesome now to see it on the state stage, and they may even come home with a, with a championship trophy. And, of course, for the past couple of years, right, I mean, it's been Athens had a pretty good uh, girls team when Dominic Dosik was uh, playing for Athens. Of course, there was a couple good games, and Troy was there and was telling me about uh, the Athens and Eastern game uh, that, that those two teams played because Eastern had a pretty good girls team, uh, but now really taking the torch and going all the way to the state tournament is the Vinton County Lady Vikings, who again had a 53-51 to 51 victory over Laurel. And they will uh, face Napoleon tomorrow at 5 uh, down in Dayton, Ohio, in the, uh, the home of the Dayton Flyers. But that's a pretty cool thing for them. That's a pretty cool thing for the TVC Ohio, especially since, again, they're going against the bigger schools uh, in, in Division Two. 
but we'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan on the other side. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, Ohio State men's basketball team's win over Purdue, as well as keep you updated on what's going on on our sister station. And at this moment, it's a 15-point lead for the Ohio Bobcats over the number one seed Toledo, 50-35 to at 16-12 to go in the second half. On this station, it's a sports fan presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the Sports Fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. This is Joe Mazzola, Health Commissioner at Franklin County Public Health. The COVID-19 pandemic is impacting us all in new ways. The stress of COVID-19 has resulted in a rise in drug and alcohol use. And drug misuse can happen in your home. 42% of teens who misuse prescription pills get them from their parents' medicine cabinets. Visit DontLiveInDenial.org to learn how to dispose of your leftover pills and talk to your kids about opioids. When you open the door, you're greeted by the fragrance of your favorite home-cooked meal. Or maybe you're excited to be working on a new DIY project. Perhaps when you open the door, you're reminded of the great party you hosted with family and friends. Whatever happens when you open the door, you know you're home. Because life happens at home. We want to help you accomplish the dream of home ownership. We are the Ohio Housing Finance Agency. Through down payment assistance, lower interest rates, and more, OFA makes purchasing a home affordable. See if you may be eligible. Visit myohiohome.org. This is the sound of a popular American motorcycle. It's the sound of freedom, the open road, really good times. And this is what it sounds like with a drunk guy in it. How do you like the sound of that? Cops are cracking down on drunk motorcycle riders. If you ride drunk, you will get caught and you will get arrested. Drunk riding. Over the limit, under arrest. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Transportation. Have you ever thought about having a podiatric physician examine your feet? Doctors of podiatric medicine set broken bones, perform wound care, and remove bunions. Common health issues that they treat include ingrown or fungal nails, corns, warts, and skin problems like athlete's foot. Foot exams are easy and can prevent many problems. If you can't walk, work, or enjoy sports activities without pain, what are you waiting for? To find a podiatric physician who is a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Have you experienced foot or ankle pain during or after sports, running, or exercising at the gym? Nagging aches in your foot or ankle that won't go away? Podiatric physicians can provide you with important foot care solutions, shoe inserts, or show you how to support your feet and ankles so you're able to compete or exercise comfortably. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and have been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. I'm Tiffany. I have some tips for you on how to quit smoking like I did. I threw out my ashtrays, lighters, and matches, and it worked. To help me with cravings, I put a picture of my mother in my car. She died of lung cancer when I was only 16. Now I have a 16-year-old daughter. 
That picture of my mother reminds me that I don't want to miss all the things my daughter is going to do in her life. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. You're listening to the sports fan on 970 WATH. And back inside for the sports fan, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills the mic with Brad Walker and Matt Carroll taking you up until 7 o'clock today. Of course, earlier on today, you did hear the Ohio State men's basketball team and the, uh, I didn't even know what sports bed we had on there. That was, uh, I think there was mix of music at the at the end of there. That, that kind of threw me off. <laughs> But it's a 54-39 lead right now for the Bobcats, 450 left in the second half. And again, if you're looking for the Bobcat game, that is on our sister station, WXTQ Power 105. And uh, yet again, it was a good win for Ohio State. They almost blew that win, uh, but they did come away victorious, beating Purdue earlier today. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of game where Ohio State's been on a slide. They have been uh, not looking good going into the tournament. But coming away with a win yesterday and a win today over Purdue, they're going to need a couple of those games, uh, 87-78 over Purdue. They needed two of these games here, guys, to feel a little bit better about themselves going into one of the best teams, if not the best team in the Big Ten in Michigan. I mean, the Illini are up there at the top as well. The Illini beat Michigan, but uh, Michigan was the Big Ten champion, and uh, they are still the favorite to go out and win this tournament. Uh, But Ohio State almost blew the lead. Get the win, and they're still alive. It, that's gonna. This is gonna come back to bite Ohio State. These these falter of leads. I mean, you're up 18 at one point, um, and they didn't score a field goal in the last six minutes. I think, or the last five and a half minutes of regulation. That's just not. It's not acceptable if you're a team that wants to close out and end up moving on in the tournament. Now I know that in overtime they kind of put it together and and clutched it, but I mean. One of these times, Minnesota, they almost lost it, but were able to hold on at the end of regulation. Then you see today, they lose it, lose in overtime. You got to think, next up in the rhythm is you just straight up lose the game and don't have another chance to possibly win the game. And a team like Michigan, they are fired up. Big win today. They are going to be a tall task. And I, I think it's going to be tough for Ohio State to get this win. And I really don't th- see Ohio State making it past the Sweet 16 this year. Um, unless they beat Michigan, then I think there's a chance. But if they lose pretty handedly to Michigan, it's going to be hard for them to, to move forward. Because right now, if they lose next round, they're probably going to be a four seed. They went from being probably a top seed now all the way to a four seed. And those 4-13, 5-12 matchups are really tough. I don't understand how you can see them go past the Sweet 16 after the games that we've seen them past the past six games. You know, they, they haven't been really showing you anything special, saying that you can make it past a Sweet 16-esque type game. But it is going to come down to this Michigan game come up next. If they, if they can pull off a uh, steady victory, then, then, then maybe my opinion can change about them. Well, a couple of the scores in the Big Ten, right? Of course, uh, we're affiliate of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, another game coming up at 6.30, Rutgers and Illinois. 
uh, at 9 o'clock tonight, the night game, Wisconsin and Iowa. But the two games that are done, of course, Ohio State 87-78 over Purdue and Michigan beating Maryland 79-66. And again, this Michigan team is pretty, pretty good. Uh, you know, with Howard as a coach, I mean, they've been, uh, they've been looking pretty good. Now, they did, maybe you could say they had a hiccup early, later on the season, uh, but as, as did Ohio State. And like you guys were saying, you know, these late-game losses, uh, you know, Ohio State was rolling for a good part of the season. Lost to Michigan. Lost to Michigan State. Lost to Iowa. Lost to Illinois. And then they did get the win against Minnesota in the Big Ten tournament yesterday. Uh, but that four-game stretch... Uh, that really took a little bit out of you, and you know you had your. Uh, I was listening to Paul Keels do the broadcast on the radio, and he had a couple of guys foul out of the game, um, especially in overtime. I mean that was a short bench for Holtman, the coach. Suing fouled out with five. Liddell fouled out with five. Like there's there's not a whole lot of uh, options left, but. And also, Kyle Young getting hurt with the concussion really put a damper on Ohio State. And he was having a phenomenal game. 17 points in the first half, finished with 18 because, because he got hurt. So if they don't have him for tomorrow, that is huge. Normally, he doesn't put up those scoring numbers, but he is a vital piece of that offense. Just kind of a, a guy that does his job, but not a big stat, uh, stat guy. He's a guy you just want on the floor, senior leader. Um, he's able to do a lot. Normally doesn't put that many points up, but if they don't have him, that's really going to hurt. And like you said, the, the bench was a little weak, but they still found a way to get it done. Um, and I, I said this the other day, I think it was yesterday, I said it, all they have to do is make the championship game. And if even if they so happen to get up ahead early, blow a lead, and still win the game, I think at this point that they are still a team that can close out. Um, it might not be the prettiest, but if they win tomorrow against Michigan, get to the championship, then I would say that Ohio State has proved, proven themselves that they can get through this adversity. When things are going bad in the game, they're still able to find a way to get it done. Even though right now it does, doesn't look like that, even though they do have two wins in back-to-back games, it's just the way they've won the game has not been pretty. But you do it against a team like Michigan, then maybe that is just the theme of this team, is that they're just not able to hold on. And that's still kind of scary because like, it will certainly butt you eventually. Yeah, especially when Liddell went down, I, I was really questioning whether or not they were going to be able to pull through. But uh, one stat that I saw towards the end of the game, how about those, uh, those guards on Ohio State free throw shooting percentage? Dwayne Washington with an 88, and then with, um, who was it, C.J. Walker, he has a 95% free throw percentage. I mean, that's unheard of. So you definitely wanted to get the ball into their hands towards the end of the game, which they did and they were able to make the free throws to ultimately win the game, which was huge. Right. I mean, you have Liddell going 6-7 at the line. Suing went 2-2. Two for two. Washington 2-2. Two for two. Uh, Zed Key 3-4. for four. Towns 3-3. Three three. Uh, you only missed two free throws. So when you went to the line, you, more often than not, you took care of business. I mean, shooting 88% from the line is pretty, pretty good. Uh, you know, from three, shooting uh, 35%, 11 for 31. Uh, and on the other side, you know, Purdue kind of let it get away from them. I mean, their free throw shooting was not great, <laughs> only uh, 55%. Uh, so that's really where Ohio kind of won this game was, was from the free throw line. Yeah, and it's uh, definitely a good day for the Towns family as Sam plays for Ohio University and his brother Seth getting the job done um, for Ohio State today. So good to see them doing well. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think 
Ohio State, it's, it's still, I'm not high on this team at all. I just, you can't continue to blow leads and expect to possibly win against top caliber opponents. And I really thought it was going to happen today. Purdue is a really good team. I mean, late in that game, there was not a lot of ball movement offensively. Now, maybe a guy like Kyle Young kind of helps that out because they know, the other four on the floor know he's not going to score. So he's able to facilitate um, along with their good guards. But even on defense, I forget the guy from Purdue's name, but he was just dominating in the post, and Ohio State was not doubling. No guys were rotating over to help out. And they got exposed down low late, and that's the biggest reason Purdue was able to tie the game. Yeah, I also forget that guy's name on uh, Purdue. I tried looking it up real quick, couldn't find it. Um, he was absolutely dominant towards the end of the game. I mean, especially when they needed him, he was making everything and everything, anything and everything that was coming towards him, which really helped them stretch it out. But as you said, Connor, I mean, the free throw percentage for Purdue really is what I feel like hurt them. I mean, you can't miss, I think it might have been like 12 free throws and expect to win a a, a game like this so that's what it ended up coming down to which good for Ohio State b- being able to pull that off but as uh, as Brad mentioned still not high on them heading into the tournament no and again I think that they're going to make the NCAA tournament I think that their resume over the course of the season is definitely good enough to make the uh, the NCAA tournament um, but with again with the win like this it, it does not instill that confidence that you were looking for, especially heading into a team uh, like Michigan. And uh, Michigan today, 79-66 over Maryland. And you know, a couple guys scoring 16 points. And Wagner and Brooks Smith scored 18 for Michigan. Uh, they picked up. They're now 20-3 uh, on the season, 14-3 in the conference. But, um, you know, for a, uh, a team like Michigan, fourth ranked in the AP poll in the nation going against the nine team in Ohio State, you know, Michigan probably feels a little bit better heading into this game. Yeah, I would say so. Um, even though their coach got ejected today, that was an exciting clip to watch on Twitter. Yeah, what happened with this that? This afternoon. I don't really know what happened, but I just thought that was really cool. I'm a big Juwan Howard fan. I was so excited. Obviously, not that big of a Michigan fan, but I just I like Juwan Howard a lot. Um, he was also a coach in the NBA, too, so he knows how to properly develop players. Coaching and also playing, of course, because he was in the Fab Five. He w- played for the Miami Heat. So he's been he's been there. He's been really good. And a quick side note, I just saw that post um, on our sports page from Troy. In the uh, the girls' state championships, seven public schools, just one private. Kind of unheard of in Ohio is the fact that there's only one private school and the rest are public schools. I'm a big one advocate that there should be two divisions in Ohio. Doesn't make sense to me how... People can recruit to this private school. You can't do that in public. Now, open enrollment in certain counties has helped that out a ton, um, kind of. But I still say there should be two different divisions for public and private because there's two different levels, and you see it year in, year out. The St. whatever, the whatever, the, the cathedrals, whatever it is, they tend to always be in the state finals, always beating up on the public schools. So I don't want to say it's necessarily a cop-out. I just think it makes the most sense. Sorry, that was a random tangent. That had nothing to do with what we were talking about. <laughs> Well, that's fine. And, and, and again, yeah, I would say, yeah, I, I don't like the, the whole notion of recruiting it in high school to flip the script to that. Um, you know, back in New Jersey, you know, there are a couple of uh, school choice schools, and school choice might have gotten exploited a little bit for a couple of kids who went to a different school to wrestle for well, them, many, and they, they create many, the super team. How many schools are in New Jersey, too, Connor? There are, I mean, there's quite a bit. I mean, there's a, really? heavy, 
Oh yeah. Oh. New Jersey's got a lot of schools. Anyway, sorry. but there's there's a lot there's a dense population. Uh, maybe the schools are a little bit bigger, but either way, uh, you, know, you have the school choice and everything. And when it got down, at least for wrestling, you know, speaking of my experience, it was you know there was the own private for uh, for the state tournament for the duels when it was a team. It was private league, and then you had the public, uh, and I guess in divisions, it was they call them groups in New Jersey. And it, the smallest is actually Group One. The largest is Group Five. That's, That's how a lot of states are. The, yeah. the, the lower the number, the the smaller the school. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the, you, you did have that separation there. And then on top of that, uh, it would just be one entire state of New Jersey for the individual side, right? Because if you reside in New Jersey, you go to a school in New Jersey, you get to go to the New Jersey state tournament. Um, which I mean, Ohio has I think four or three. Separate levels. I'd have to talk to Coach Inger on that because um, you know, he knows a little bit more about the high school landscape of, of Ohio wrestling. But, um, yeah, I mean, to your point, it's kind of a mixed bag right there because team stuff, it's separated, individual stuff. And I know you can't really get individual stuff with basketball, mm-hmm. uh, but that individual stuff is together. I don't know if that kind of helps on your tangent or not. Yeah, I just I mean, I I just think from like a team standpoint, you have kids that grow up they'll go to these public schools until eighth grade. And then in ninth grade or 10th grade, they, they transferred to a private school um, just because maybe they're really good. They would rather go to that program. Sometimes the private school will have a better chance of getting recruited. They have better connections um, at the collegiate level. So realistically, the better kids are going to want to go there. And that just makes for, like you said, some of these power teams, these dominant teams um, that take over the super teams because the private schools can have that leverage. If a kid could pick to go to a private school and possibly compete for a state championship year in, year out over his uh, smaller, maybe, public school, that he can be the star, much like he could be at the private school, but really not have that much team success. Just doesn't, it's really, that's not an even playing field, I think, at all. I mean, look at, the, re- the biggest thing this hurts is the high division, really high division, the Division One, maybe a little bit of Division Two, and then the lower division. So especially in football, like a five and six, where you have the elitists like the St. Ignatius, the Cincinnati Molars, St. Xavier, that just dominates so much because they have so many kids. They're able to bring in all these kids. And then also you look at the lower divisions, like a Newark Catholic having to play a team like Trimble. Like it's just not fair because you're getting these private kids all around from an area rather than just the small contained area um like a smaller school like a trimble like you only have the gloucester area so to say and then you look at a school like newark catholic you get more kids it's more expanded because it's a private school right matt want to chime in yeah um excuse me my my little opinion on that about the high school sports in i in my in my my own uh case i saw too many kids like come up through eighth grade in the public league school, the school leagues. Um, then they transferred to the private league, you know, for the recruiting um, and everything. My opinion, I feel like, is if you're good enough, you'll get recruited wherever you're at because there's so many opportunities outside of just the your school's league to be able to get recruited with camps, um, AU basketball, seven-on-seven seven football. Um, but also uh, there is a difference. You know, some schools don't have the same resources and capabilities of – um, and connections to recruit. But, um, for instance, a good buddy of mine growing up was getting looked at for Big Ten football, transferred to a better football program but a lower division because in my high school we were in the top of our division. 
the top divisions with our school, went to a lower division, and only was barely able to get recruited from the MAC. Even so, just that jump of yeah, you weren't playing at you were winning, but you weren't playing as greater competition. So that's just my little my tangent of uh, of that opinion. Just I feel like if you're good enough, you'll get recruited, but also. There's kind of a double-sided sword. You kind of do need the connections, you know. All right, and, and you know, it's really a debate what's your philosophy, right? Are you a big fish in a smaller pond, or are you just a fish in a right. very large pond? So whichever way that you want to wrap it up, you know, you're more noticeable if you are the, the bigger fish in the smaller pond. And, you know, I... I would say it, it's pretty fun. Like, why would you want to transfer out and, you know, and you got to make all new friends? Like, right. these are still kids, too. You know, I, I just graduated from college. You know, I'm not too far removed from being a kid. And maybe, hey, maybe I still am. But, um, you know, it, it's a whole different kind of lifestyle change. I know people do it or not. And I know Brad got us on this tangent uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it definitely is a debate. And that's why it makes what Vinton County has done uh, for the Lady Vikings, so much more special because, you know, in, in MacArthur, you know, Bentley has done a tremendous job with that team. And that team is going all the way to the state championship with a very, very good shot at maybe even taking home the title. Yeah, it's definitely, i cheering for Vinton County, obviously very hard. But like I said, they play a private school, a private dominant powerhouse. Wonder why? Because they're they a private school. Because yep. they're able to recruit their same style of kids year in and year out. Um, so luckily this year, obviously, Vinton County found a way to get it done. So big props to Vinton County. But it's so much harder because you know each year they're going to be able to get these certain types of kids because they recruit them in their younger years, um, maybe put them through their own development. Like they have a middle school that's also private that kind of feeds into the high school. But I'm just not a fan of the private schools. I've never really been. I mean, it's not if that's what someone chooses to do, then so be it. But I just don't think they should be in the same divisions as far as like sports go. Like there should be a private uh, realm, and then there should be a public um, division as well. Yeah, I mean, I I'd support something like that. I know. would too, because so. year in year out, I mean, you see this, you see the same private schools up in the state tournaments or the championship games all the time. So. Maybe, maybe it's also a bit of, I mean, I could see how people saying it's kind of a bit of a cop-out saying, well, wouldn't you want to play this competition all the time, too? Or maybe they're just that good. It's like, well, maybe they're just actually recruiting kids and having, like, recruiting visits and stuff. I mean, for example, my high school, my junior year, played in a regional semi-game against Akron Hoban. And we're Division three, and it wasn't, they had four Division one recruits on offense. They had a guy going somewhere offensive line, Quarterback going to Ohio State, running back going to Ohio State. He, he switched, though. He's going to Pitt. Their receiver linebackers going to Michigan State. Like, that's not a coincidence that you see all those guys going D1 because they do that year in and year out as, as a school and as a team. So maybe it's just because of their size or area, whatever it may be. But still, I mean, there's something to that, that you see all these D1 kids come out of these private schools because they would much rather go to that school where they know they're going to get good coaching, know they're going to be able to get recruited well, instead of trying to make it, so to say, for their kind of smaller public school. Not even smaller. It could be even bigger, but kind of get my point. Right. I do like the whole, and maybe it's because I was a public school guy, right? Uh, 
you got a little team that you could root for, right? I mean, you grew up with all these guys. You, I, I wouldn't want a whole change of lifestyle. Um, but, you know, I, I get it. Some kids have a lot of talent. Some kids, uh, you know, could be a big fish in a bigger pond. You know, and that's not necessarily, you know, I don't want to shoot it down if, if that's what somebody wants to do. But it, two different philosophies, right? You have a couple, uh, couple different mindsets that you'd want to take into effect. And whichever one you want to do, you can do. But when it comes to a state tournament like, uh, you know, state-run state tournament, yeah, maybe you do separate into, you know, private school and, and public school because, you know, the private school might have one person from Michigan, one person from Pennsylvania. You get another guy uh, in high school down from Kentucky. Yeah, you can recruit a little bit not only uh, within the state of Ohio, but you know, if somebody's pretty good, they want to go to your program in a private school and become a, a dominant team. Yeah, it could be nationwide recruiting too. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It, it, it's it's something interesting to think about. Sorry we uh, got us on this little tangent. <laughs> I was just... I just, that's something that's always, I think it just makes the most sense because you can't knock a kid for wanting to go to a private school rather than the school that he grew up with because kind of like Matt said, maybe there's better facilities, maybe the coaching's better, maybe he'll, and he'll have a better chance of developing and that's okay. I'm not saying that's a problem. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just, how is that fair to some public schools that are unable to get some of that funding, some of those coaches, um, that development program, because it's just, they're not on the same playing field. Um, so that's why they sh there should be just two different divisions. But either way, there's a lot of college basketball on, so let's talk about that. Yeah, and of course right now the Ohio Bobcats are in action. 68-52 over Toledo. Uh, taking a look at a couple of stats. Still 7.50 left to go in the ball game. Uh, but if Ohio wins, they would go all the way to the Mid-American Conference Championship, which would take place tomorrow. And I believe that would be a 6.30 broadcast joint for Power 105, 7 o'clock tip-off. Um, Preston leads all scorers right now at 23 points. Uh, also with 19, Ben Vanderplas, Wilson with 12, Ben Roderick has uh, six points, and London McDay with eight. On the other side for Toledo, as it stands, uh, Jackson with 19 points, Milner Jr. second on the team with 16, Bullison with five, uh, Shumate, uh, I think. Shumate. Uh, Shumate. There you go. Shumate. He's a Cleveland guy. Yep. Four points, and uh, the freshman of the year, Rollins. Uh, has five, well, he's, all right, so he's got five points. And you know, Russ and I, when we was on the program and we debated a little bit, uh, I said, and Russ says Sears uh, should have been uh, the freshman of the year because of the way of his impact on Ohio's ball club when Jason Preston left. See, that's the that's the problem with these awards, and it's always going to be the problems with the awards. Is it's normally going to go for the guy with the flashiest stats. The and all of that because I mean yeah it makes sense like Mark Sears is could quite be the best freshman um, f in the league but you don't know because he is a backup point guard. Raz Rollins showed yesterday he's a guy that can take over a game and he did so, or yet yeah, yesterday two days ago was able to take over a game and late in the game for Toledo he was able to get the job done for the Rockets obviously isn't playing as well but really no one is for Toledo right now as they're they're down so much. But I think Rollins is a great pick for that. And, yes, maybe Mark Sears ends up being better, gets a player of the year. But you can never pick those awards really on who made a bigger impact on the team. Because if that was the case, look at the NBA. LeBron should be the MVP for the last, I don't know, 12 years. Because LeBron, any team he's on, is going to make a finals. I, I would say that he should be the end. And many people think that he should, too. Yep. It's just, yeah. it, it's 
guys with the I mean, look at Giannis over the last two years. His double-double numbers are insane. So that's why he got that. I mean, James Harden won an MVP just because he can score a bunch of points. Um, so if you want to talk impact, you normally don't see guys win that many awards based on impact. It's all about the stats and the numbers. That's why individual awards are like that. Which is also kind of funny because the, the award is MVP, most valuable yeah. player on the team, on any team. So it's kind of funny how that, that award does end up coming, coming down to being who's chosen because um, almost um, some NFL talk, just because it kind of doesn't hit home, but it's, uh, I know, uh, for the most valuable uh, comeback player of the year, that is, Ben Roethlisberger was in, the, in contention. Meanwhile, since he was the, the comeback player of the year because he put up the most stats, Alex Smith won because of what he happened. Obviously, if Alex Smith didn't come back, he would have won it. But it is, yeah, it does come down to the stats, which you can either agree or disagree. That's how it comes down to. But when you look at the name of the award, it, almost, it sometimes doesn't come. The, the person who wins that award sometimes is not... Um, what it is is not the most valuable valuable player on the team just because of as brad said the stats you know flashy it's stats you bring that up because that happened defensive player of the year right tj watt had better stats right. than Aaron donald so it's weird yep. that i just said that and the nfl two of the awards yep. just didn't but in my opinion too comeback player of the year is almost what was the bigger story yeah more times yeah. than not yeah um what is the bigger story and um alex smith obviously definitely um, i mean the man almost died yeah and, and it was almost a you know, you might not live, and then it was, hey, you might not be able to have play. a leg. Yeah. Hey, you might not be <laughs> able to walk normally. Hey, you might be able to play. So, I mean, yeah. that's insane. That story is insane. Yeah. So, and it, they got the Washington football team to the postseason. Yep. So, yep. you know, there, there was a little bit of merit to the comeback player of the, of the year, too. The NFC beast. <laughs> Best division in football this year. Oh, right? my gosh. They were winning games. I mean, they were knocking off teams late. But, uh. Obviously, you know, that was uh, not a good division as a whole with the yeah. Giants and the Eagles and the Washington football team. And who else was on that team in that division? Who, who am I leaving Giants? off here? I said the Giants. Cowboys. 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 Boys. That's Andy Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. And now they just locked up uh, Dak. Dak, Dak Prescott. Yeah. Four yep. years, 190, I think. Which is an yeah. Good for him, though, getting the money. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I was the Cowboys if, if you could pay that. But. Again, good for Dak. <laughs> well, yeah. you, you knew that you had a quarterback that can go out there and win. Oh, definitely. Uh, and that obviously is pretty hard to come by in the NFL. So once you get your franchise quarterback, you, you're going to try to lock him up. And uh, that, that's what Dallas did. That's what the Eagles thought they had before they had to trade Carson Wentz. Um, you know, and that's obviously what Kansas City did with Patrick Mahomes. And, Matt, I'm very interested to hear your opinion. You're a Pittsburgh guy. How do you feel Big Ben coming back? How do you feel about your Steelers? You losing Juju Smith-Schuster, too? He's, he's going to do his TikTok dances somewhere else? <laughs> you what's what's going to happen? Are they going to be the worst team in the AFC North next year? No. But. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> they, they won't. But I don't know. Their, def their defense Big is too Joe's good. Big Bad Joe's back in the mix come next year. <laughs> their their defense got Baker, is too good. Then the Ravens. Their defense is too good. And yeah, but if they're out there for three quarters I of the agree. game, they can only be so good. I agree. And it's funny. I'm I'm laughing because you said this because I could go on <laughs> the entire sports fan show and talk about it the whole time. Um, right now, now I know 
I just keep thinking of the the local back the Pittsburgh sports guys talking <laughs> about this and maybe hearing what my opinion would be. But right now, I believe if you're trying to win a championship next year, from the guys on roster, from the guys on roster, I think Big Ben is the best chance of winning. That is to say, I don't know if you trade up in in the draft and maybe pick up Trey Lance. I feel like. I wouldn't be disappointed with that pick, but um, Juju. I mean, the only we've only re-signed guys after their first contract, wide receiver-wise. The only two guys were Heinz Ward and Antonio Brown. <clears throat> so the history of the Steelers. Antonio Brown worked out great. <laughs> hey, if he didn't go crazy, <laughs> he might go down as the greatest wide receiver of all time. Yes, I said it. Super Bowl champ. Yeah, he, he finally got that, which I think is that was the last thing he needed to get into the Hall of Fame, possibly was the ring so who knows who knows but juju i will not be that i would like to see him back in a pittsburgh uniform because i think he's a good player but with the way we can draft wide receivers and the way we can develop them i don't think he is key to be playing because we have a lot of like non-big names like cam cameron sutton and mike hilton maybe guys who don't follow pittsburgh won't know of but those those guys are some key players on our defensive side that um is the reason why we are that good on defense. So if we weren't able to sign him, so be it. We move on. It's a it's a business. Well, here's my thing with the Steelers is like you you do have a great defense. I'm not going to take that away from the Steelers. You have a really good receiving core. Um, even if Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't come back, why not take a down year? Especially the AFC North is going to be so competitive again next year. If especially if Joe Burrow is healthy for the Bengals. If not, I think it's going to be a two-team race. That's just my opinion. Um, so if Joe Burrow's back, it'll definitely be a three, maybe even a four team if the Steelers compete. But it's almost another year just kind of holding on, and then what are you left with the year after that? Now, I get it. Win now, possible window open. Why not go for it? But is Big Ben really worth having him come back? Right. Whether, I don't know. I just, like, I don't see a good future right now for Pittsburgh in the next five years. Not I'm too seeing... many uh, Not too many people do. <laughs> yeah. Not too many. And it sucks because you have such a good defense. Exactly. That's why it's so tough to kind of, you know, bite the bullet and say let's take a down year and let's, you know, draft. This draft especially will not be what some may call a sexy draft. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, at least it should not be. And if they, if they do draft that way, I will be very disappointed. But that's the thing. I could see us, but, I mean, no team with that talent is going to say we're going to take a down year and we're going to rebuild because that would be like a slap to the face to the fans and if not the organization, the players, especially with like Minka, uh, TJ, those star players who know we're a good, they're a good team. If our organization said, yo, hey, we're taking a down year, they'll be like, what? I want out. I want to win a championship. I'm good enough. Any team would want me. So that's why I don't think we'll ever – try to do that down here unless we get to the point of um we can't win a game which who knows i think i think your season is looking like the colt season from last year you sign a what 
we, we got to run into. I'm I'm doing the the signal to break. I mean, we oh, got to take a break. All right, for, I'll, <laughs> I'll shut up. Well, no, no I just I wanted. <laughs> looking at me, making like a rope motion. I was like, what? Are we oh. Tug of war. <laughs> all I was trying to do was subtly tell you, you know, we we got to take a quick break. We'll continue the conversation on the other side, and then after that, we'll uh, you know send CBS News at the top of the hour. But uh, we'll be right back. This is Sportsman 970 97.1 FM WATH. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Stay on top of the news every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Heavy uterine bleeding and iron deficiency anemia through the years. Oh, I've been there. Huh? That sweater around your waist, I've been there. Heavy period? Makes you wonder what women used to do. The record you're using to cover your behind. I've been there. You backward apron. I've been there. If you've been there, you get it. Excessive menstrual bleeding for six months or more is known as heavy uterine bleeding, or HUB. HUB may lead to another condition called iron deficiency anemia, or IDA. Learn about iron deficiency anemia at imayhaveida.com. Brought to you by HealthyWomen.org and Daiichi Sankyo, Inc. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. And back inside for the final couple minutes of the sports fan right here at 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Brad, I promise I won't confuse you with anything. It's okay. It's okay. That's what happens, man. That's my bad. I didn't pick up what you were talking about. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Joey has also used this as, like, a break thing. I, I don't want to, like, break my finger. I mean, you could... All I'm saying is, Connor, you got, like, four pieces of paper in front of you. You could have wrote the word or, like, pulled up on your phone, break, and I would have been what? like, oh, let's go to break. This, we'll have to create, like, hand signals yeah, or something. <laughs> Do some our, our own sign language. <laughs> um, Either way, I'm here for it. 56 degrees, it's clear outside in southeast Ohio, and right now it is smooth sailing for the Ohio Bobcats, 76-62 lead over Toledo. They have led this game. They have not let go of the lead, and they are well within reach of going into the Mid-American Conference Championship game tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Uh, but again, if you're uh, listening to us, you're interested in hearing the final couple minutes of the uh, Bobcat basketball broadcast, you can hear that over on our sister station, WXTQ Power 105. Uh, of course, Russ Eisenstein, Rob Cornelius, Learfield IMG Network taking care of you on that side before we get right back to real music variety. But, again, coming out of this quarantine period, guys, you didn't know what the Bobcats were going to look like. The big thing from Russ when we had him on the show was that, you know, what are the legs? You know, are, are the legs going to be fresh? Are they going to be a little bit, uh, you know, tired? Are they, how are they conditioned? You know, what, what do these guys look like? And I'd say after two games, especially with yesterday's win where you blew out Kent State, and today, I mean, you're leading now by 11 points with 250 to go, 76-65. Um, 
We'll see. But, I mean, this has been a pretty positive showing from the Bobcats in the Mid-American Conference Tournament. It's been great. And it, it all started with the statement win um, yesterday versus um, Kent, 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 Kent. Kent. Sorry. <laughs> literally so much basketball going on. It happens. Um, but, yeah, it, it, that really that set the tone for what this tournament can be for Ohio. And I know this team has been streaky at points, whether it's been good or bad. But, I mean, you go back-to-back -back days where you are winning – and by double digits, especially today, a team like Toledo that was a lot of people, in a lot of people's minds, one of the teams that was the clear favorite. I mean, obviously the, the number one seed, but you have to be feeling really good if you're Ohio, but still know there's work to be done. Um, it's definitely not going to be a walk in the park come tomorrow, whoever Ohio plays, Buffalo or Akron. I think Ohio matches up much better against Akron um, than they do Buffalo. That's just kind of personally how I feel because I think Buffalo can get really hot from deep and Akron really can't, even though Akron did earlier this year. But I think Akron provides a better matchup for Ohio than Buffalo. Either way, it's still going to be a tough contest um, if Ohio holds on, too. I mean, there's still a couple of minutes left. So a few minutes. Anything can happen. So. It's, it is March. It is and March. And college basketball is going on. This is, this Crazier is... things have happened. <laughs> well, like last year, crazier things did happen. Exactly. Uh, as long as Kemba Walker doesn't suit up in any in the next two minutes for Toledo, <laughs> I um, feel pretty confident. Cardiac Kemba. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see again. The Bobcats are on top of uh, Toledo right now, seventy six sixty five. As we take a look, uh, also in the Mid American Conference, a late game tonight, tipping off thirty minutes after the game right now. Uh, Buffalo and Akron. I would much rather see Ohio in Akron. Uh, just like you guys are talking about. But, you know, I, I think that Buffalo team caught fire at the right time of the season. Uh, they are probably the second-best team. And if Ohio knocks off Toledo, well, Toledo was the best team. So we'll, we'll have to figure out and see what happens there. But it's another sports fans in the books. Presented by J&K Contracting. It's the weekend. Sad we don't get to talk about sports for an hour, though, on the radio. Uh, I mean, you, you'll have the show on Monday. Well, Matt's yeah, always invited. Uh, oh, I, I appreciate take that. It's two days from now. So much happens. i got to take Monday and Tuesday off, and I'll be back on the airwaves Wednesday by the latest. But Bobcats on top, and I'll be listening over on Power 105. For Matt Carroll, Brad Walker, I'm Connor Mills signing off. Enjoy the weekend. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.